Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, if you ever wanted to be an author, if you ever wanted to write a book, this is the show that you should listen to. This is the one. Man, I tell you, we have some guests on tonight that are talented, that have just been given gifts by God. And, Brian, they're going to talk tonight, and I guarantee you a lot of people that, you know, we all have this book in us. I really believe that they're going to help pull that book out of people and let them know that it's possible, that they can do it. Yes, yes. You know, it's funny because it has, it's been a long time since we've had this many authors or, or this many people in, that we're interviewing at all at the same time on the show. Yes. You know, and so it's kind of intriguing at the same time. It's kind of like, wow, you know, how are we going to get through all these people in one show? Yeah. You know, but I, I think we'll be able to do it. You know, we talked about doing a part two, and that would be real fun. So if you're listening, we want to do a part two with you all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, tonight's going to be really intriguing because we have with us tonight uh, a whole slew of authors, you know. Yeah. And all of their books are slightly different, but at the same time they have the same focus. Mm. You know, they're faith-based authors and... They just do a wonderful job in getting the word out. Mm. And so, you know, I want to I wanna say, you know, Greg, a lot of times people don't believe that, you know, faith-based genres actually sell. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the name that they used was just perfect. You know, they call themselves the Damascus Road Authors. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you know what? I was talking with a young lady just last night. She's got this book in her, and she was kind of struggling with her belief a little bit. And we talked for a little while, and I told her, it's okay because a lot of the authors that have books out there now, the bestsellers, they were where you were tonight. At some point, they felt that they couldn't write this book. Who am I to write this book? I'm not worthy to be able to write this book. But when the creator taps you on the head and drops something down in you, you want to share it. You know, Brian, when, 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 when something good happens to us and we're blessed with something, we want to just tell somebody. We want to we're tell so everybody. happy. Yes, we want to tell somebody. And, and when a person, uh, Brian, that been molested and raped at a young age, once they learn to forgive and they're finally free, oh, they're going to tell somebody. They want to tell somebody the good news and let them know that, you know what, I came through this. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm walking in victory, and you can do the same thing, but this is what I did, and you're going to make it through it. And that's what I love about these authors, Brian. They're out there. They're writing they're on the show tonight, and that and that just proves our point, Brian, that they are out there to help others, and that's that's what we just love about all these authors coming on tonight. Yes, I'm going to introduce all of them at once, and then I'm going to try to bring everybody in. Well, first off, I want to say uh, for those that are just joining us, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and our call-in number is seven one eight five zero eight nine six. 
718-508-9600. And that's 718-508-9600. And I'm going to introduce, first of all, the, you know, the male of the group. <laughs> and he is Maurice M. Gray, Jr. And titles of some of his books are To Whom Much Is Given, All Things Work Together, and Blessed Assurance, which is an anthology anthology contribution. We also have with us Dr. Linda Bede, whose book title is Business Unusual. We have with us Lucretia Aguil, and I hope I'm saying your name correctly, and the title of her book is Naw, Girl. <laughs> we also have with us Kim Brooks, and titles of her books are He's Fine, But Is He Saved? He's Fine, But Is He For Real? <laughs> wow. We also have with us Wanda B. Campbell. First Sunday in October is the title of her book. And we were supposed to have with us also Jacqueline Thomas, but we hear that she's under the weather, so we do hope and pray that she will get better and that she feels better. And the title of her book was called Jezebel. Ooh. Mm. And so at this time, Greg, I'm going to try to bring everybody in. I'm going to start yeah. off with the 302 which I believe is Mr. Gray. Is that you? That's me. All right. Okay. Welcome. Let's bring in the 731. 731, are you there? I'm here. It's Lucretia Peters. All right. <laughs> and then we have uh, 206. Let's bring you in, 206. This is Dr. Beat. Hey, Dr. Beat. All right. And I think we also have a 510. Be Campbell. All right, 510, are you there? Yes, this is Wanda B. Campbell. All right, welcome, welcome, everyone. Yes, welcome. Thank you. All right, Greg, who do you want to start with first? Let's let's start with Dr. B, because she was the instrument that put this thing together. She and I spoke on and off for probably about a month trying to get this, this show for tonight. She was determined and I was determined, and we came up with some dates. She said, well, let me go back and talk with the authors, and here we are. And I tell you what, Brian, she's going to bless a lot of people because she's moving, she's doing something. And, Dr. Beat, I don't know if you heard when I was saying that I've been talking with so many different people, and they have these books in their head, and because of what you're doing tonight, I really believe that they're going to follow you guys and do exactly what you're doing. Well, that is our hope and our prayer There are so many people out there that do have a story in them. Um, One of the things that we tend to ask people, there are people who say, I have a story, it's in me. But what you need to understand is, what is that story? Have you been called to write that story? Or do you have the vision of becoming popular? I want my name out there. God gives us a gifting for many reasons. But the first thing that you have to do is you have to understand what it is that you're to do with the gift that he gives you. Right. right. Dr. B, could I get you to speak up just a little bit? Have a little <laughs> is that better? There you go. <laughs> okay. There you go. She just has this such a soft and gentle voice. She could, you have to really listen intently to hear what she's saying. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Next on the docket, let's talk to Miss Lucretia. Okay. Now, you know, 
I, I just like the title of your book. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually entitled Girl Now. <laughs> oh, okay. It's okay. Did I pronounce your name right? I just wanted to make sure. It's Lucretia Peters. That's correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I said a gal. That's why. That's what I have on my Lucretia Angel. Actually, my book is currently uh, under a revision where it will be re-released under my pen name of Lucretia Angel. Uh, that is correct. Okay. All right. Thank you. Because I was like, wait a minute now. I'm not at this thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, so your book is called Girl No. Yes. <laughs> that right, is we're going to get back to that. Okay. <laughs> All right, next we have Kim Brooks on. I don't think Kim is on with us yet. I don't think Kim is on with us yet. Let me check this. All right, we have Wanda, Wanda Campbell. I know she's on with us, right? Yes. All right, Wanda. And your book is called The First Sunday in October. That's correct. Wow. Now, that one that one kind of sparks my interest because it's just different. You know, it sounds like something that, it sounds like a novel. <laughs> <laughs> it is a novel. Okay, good. Okay, help me out, help me out please. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a novel. It tells the story of a, a Pentecostal pastor and his courtship with a real estate developer. And uh, every major event in their relationship happened on the first Sunday in October, which is how I came up with the title. Wow. All right. And I want to make sure I got everybody. You said Kim Brooks was not on the call, but we do have Mr. Maurice Gray, Jr. Mm-hmm. I'm here. All right, all right. And you have quite a few books out here. You now, know, and Brian, you, you, know I, you know I have questions for him. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we're going to start first with the questions with, with the brother. You know, we're going to answer his questions now. I love this. This is Greg. This, this, is, Greg. Uh, this is Greg Turner. You know, this book that you have, To Whom Much Is Given, you know what, I think every man probably needs to read this book. Where, what in this, what, What's in this book that, that's going to give uh, a brother something to say, you know what, iron sharpens iron. You need to pick this book up. Well, one of the, one of the subplots in there is the relationship between my main character, Max, and his best friend, Fred. It's an unlikely friendship because Max... As a Christian, he's been saved for a good portion of his adult life, whereas Fred is, well, the best way I can describe it is he's a Hall of Fame womanizer. Oh, boy. Whoa. You wouldn't think that they would get along. They're co-workers, and they become close friends. They're able to respect each other's differences. And Fred doesn't give Max a hard time for being a Christian, and Max doesn't come off as all judgmental, holy, and then now hit you over the head with the Bible about Fred and, again, his, social, his very, very active social life. And through their friendship, they both can learn something from each other. And the, and the sharpening iron, of course, happens as Max, is, in his own gentle way, is gently coaxing Fred towards finding that relationship with Jesus Christ that he currently doesn't have. Mm. And that, that kind of helps Max to realize that, okay, everything in life isn't going to be exactly the way I want it. And he needs to have that kind of information because there are events in his life that if, as if he didn't leave it in God's hands, it could really spiral out of control. Wow. You know what, Mr. Gray, it, it's like that now. We, 
you know, the gym that I go and I, and I work out, and being married, you know, I, I see all these guys that are running behind the women in the gym, but you know what? They're not happy. They, they put mm-hmm. on this front as if they're happy. They're running behind these different women. You know, they they tell me, well, you're married, you can't do this, but I have a different girl over every night of the week, this kind of thing. And I ask them, are you happy with that? Mm. And and they they always say it's just something to do. Mm. But I I love that I, I I do I love what you're doing because you're showing uh, so many of the brothers and you know how we are we really can't have that heart to heart talk we 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 just mm-hmm. don't do that unless yeah. you know unless we're in jail unless somebody's in jail and then you have that heart to heart talk which is too late but mm-hmm. you know but but for a man to say you know what you might want to Stop running the streets, and you might want to settle down and get to know God. He'll send you who you need. You don't have to rip and run after this person and that person because it's not working. You're not doing it mm. the proper way because everything through him is done in order. Exactly. And a lot of times we're out of order in the way that we do things, but I really do love the way that, you know, that this book, I, I, I'm telling you, this book here needs to be in everybody's home because it, it's, it's giving great points. I know it is. I know it is from the things that you've already said. And what kind of feedback have you been getting from people that have purchased this book and have read it? I've gotten oh, I've gotten so much positive feedback from so many different sources. I mean, besides the people I expected to read it, I mean, I knew that women readers would buy the book because I'm finding that women are the ones who seem to be buying the most books and doing a lot of the reading. So that didn't surprise me. But what surprised me is the reaction that I've gotten, the teenagers, particularly in my church. We have a boys' mentoring group, and when the book first came out, the leaders of that group arranged to buy copies of the book for the boys who are currently in the group and gave it to them, and most of them actually read it. I was shocked about that because I, I wasn't sure if they, if they, one, if they, would, if they would pick it up, and two, would they like it. Not only did they, they – I knew they read it because they came to me and told me they really enjoyed it. Mm. And – Again, they came through, and I, I stopped in on one of their sessions so I could personally autograph the books for them and answer any questions. They and they proved to me that they had really read the book and they and they understood a lot of what was going on. So that really surprised me. The teenagers got so much out of a book. I mean, the main characters are in their mid twenties. I I didn't know if the te- if teenagers would really be able to identify with that. Mm-hmm. And the other feedback that I got that I really wasn't expecting. So I've gotten several letters from men and from women who are incarcerated. Their relatives apparently sent the book to them, and they liked it so much that they wrote me letters letting me know that I enjoyed this book and since they kept helping me with the, exactly with some of the issues I'm dealing with while I'm in here. In a few cases, that they, they, after being incarcerated, they embrace Christ and they're trying, and it's tough for them to start off on a Christian walk while in prison. And they said that reading my book was encouragement to them to keep going. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know they were getting my book. <laughs> That's powerful. That is awesome. You know, yeah. I was going to say, it sounds just like, you know, the story that you told about the book sounds like people I know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's my goal. With the, I, want, I want people to read my books and say, hey, that's all like my cousin. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was going to say that sounds like, you know, quite a few of, of, of the friends that I've had in the past and some of my friends I still have who are struggling with that same situation, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow, I can liken myself to the characters in this book. This is, that's pretty good. You know, I think we have Miss Brooks on the call. I want to check and see, so bear with us. 
Hello? Uh, I'm here. Miss Brooks? Hey. Hi, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Hi. We have Kim Brooks on the line with us now. Hey, Kim's here. How are you guys doing? We're doing fine. We were waiting for you. Praise God. <laughs> I saw you when you came in, but I, I didn't want to interrupt. I know, I didn't right. want to interrupt either. It was so good. Well, <laughs> all right, all right. So we will start off, oh, we've already started off with Mr. Gray. Let's go to Miss Peters. Yes. All right. Tell us about Girl Now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I forestated, Girl Now will be re-released under my new pen name, Lucretia Angel, within the next six weeks. But um, the title, Girl Now, is all-inclusive. You know, Girl Now could represent happiness, it could represent sadness, it could represent wonder and amazement as well. But the main purpose behind the title is a lot of times when you hear about different people, women in particular, going through things, we as women can be very critical of one another. And women are quick to say, girl, no, I wouldn't put up with that. Or, girl, no, I, uh-uh, I can't take that. Girl, no, what? You know, and so <laughs> that's where the girl now came from. But what happens when the window becomes a mirror? And mm. <laughs> the main character, Antoinette, she is a counselor for women, and she counsels women that deals with everything from not knowing who they are, you know, having their whole life dictated for them, to a woman that's being abused by her husband, to another woman who seemingly has it all, but she's so lonely. And in wow. order to find true value, she has to first find the value within herself outside of her possessions. Hmm. And so... Antoinette, I mean, people from the outside will look at her and say, she got it going on. You know, she's got a good husband and got a good job, and they're doing very well. But Antoinette feels inadequate because she constantly asks God, how can I counsel these women when I have issues of my own? Mm. And so in, in so doing, you know, she has to learn to forgive. She has to learn to not only forgive those who have hurt her in her past, but she also has to learn to forgive herself for some of the choices and decisions that she made out of anger, out of rage, just different choices that she made and that that bitterness that she had embedded deep within. Only God can heal the hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a book, Brian, that's going to break the bondages, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, when you wrote this book, did you have in mind something about domestic violence or molestation or rape and the reason I'm asking you that is because Brian and I we've been doing this show and every we we get Brian what 80 90 percent of the women that come on the show have been either molested or raped wow. or abused in some or abused, form of fashion yes well um part of this book although fiction I lived <laughs> I lived uh, in several of the characters. I mean, not whether directly or indirectly. I've I've walked in Antoinette's shoes as a counselor um, in a position that I was currently in, um, and no longer am for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, I walked in the shoes of the abused woman. I walked in the shoes of the woman that was felt like she was controlled 
by everybody and didn't know how to live her own life for herself. And so uh, my pastor just asked me on the other day, she said, you really did some research for this book. And no, it's not that I did so much research, but I tell you, the anointing makes the difference. Amen. And I thank God because every woman in this book, either you've been where she is or you know somebody who has. Just like with Maurice, you know these people. And I wanted to have a book that would reach people where they are. I also wanted to have a book that you didn't have to be dedicated to going to church every Sunday to want to pick it up. But it will be something in that book that will make you want to grab it. And you may grab it for one reason, but you'll take away from it a whole lot more. And you know what, Lucretia, I want to say this, Brian. I hope I'm not cutting you off. but Not at all. I guarantee you before you finish this book, the fight was so high to stop you from finishing this book. Oh, my God. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I already know. I, I can feel yeah. it that, that there was a struggle because what you're doing is you're planting seeds. You're freeing people. You're snatching them yeah. out of places that they shouldn't be. Yeah. You're changing their thoughts. And this is just awesome because... You you went through that, and you're not ashamed, whatever it was that you went through. Yes. Because a lot of times when we go through something, we're ashamed, and we'll watch somebody else hurt because of pride. We, we won't say, you know what, I've been through that. That's right. And we'll hold it to ourselves because I, I say all the time, the solution, your solution, the things that you've gone through is the answer to somebody else's problem. That's right. That's right. And I just, I'm just so excited and so happy that you're doing what you're doing because Somebody's listening right now, and you were created to write this book. Nobody else was created to write these books that you authors are writing. You were created to do this, and it's so beautiful. Yes. Mm. I agree with you. Um, the reason it took me so long to write, girl, now it took over a period of about three years. And part of that was being discouraged. I mean, I don't have a college degree. Mm -hmm. You know, I have some college, but I've never taken the creative writing courses. I had an editor tell me, you know, do you even know what you're doing? And my answer was no. God told me to write it, so I'm writing it. You know, and wondering, is this what I'm supposed to do? Do I know how to write a book? Do I know how to produce this thing? But then at the same time, I would find my hands going over the keys, and then when I go back to read what was just written, I said, oh, my God, there's no way I could have written this book. Mm. And so my main thing, and I tell everybody, is God is the author. I'm just the vessel he used. Amen. And mm. nobody else mm. can validate you but him. That's right. Nobody else. So if you're listening and you have a book in you, the experiences that you've been through, you are now qualified yes. to talk about mm -hmm. this thing. But, Brian, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just listening. Because <laughs> <laughs> Brian told me I, this, is, this is just food for me. I mean, this is, this is a beautiful thing. But, Lucretia, I, I'm telling you, this book, keep going. Keep pushing this Thank book. You. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. And I like the, the fact that you said, that it was discouragement that took you so long to write this book. Yes. You're being yes. honest. You're being transparent. People, get that book out. You mm -hmm. know, listen to that still voice. It's there. It's guiding you. So, sure. Brian, I want you to go ahead, Brian. Yes. Um, well, I was going to actually bring in Kim Brooks now. Go ahead, yes. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now, All right. I want I want to hear about 
Now, I see you have two books. I want to hear about the one, He's Fine, But Is He, is he Saved? Amen. That's that's the first one, and the other one is just a sequel. So really, it's the same character. So okay. yeah, right. that's the first. That's the baby. You know, the because, first you know, whether he's for real or not, that's not mm-hmm. really that important. <laughs> the first part is what's most important. Is he saved? Well, I call the first part the foundation. If he's saved, does <laughs> he him, have please. Jesus as his Lord? But then I call for real the meat because <laughs> you can be saved. Jesus can be your Savior, but he may not be Lord of your life. So it gets a little deeper in the sequel, just like the, the first one is the, the foundation. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Help me Amen. Help me <laughs> uh, well, basically, it's about the triumphs and challenges of three single girlfriends that are believing God for a mate. And what I wanted to do was show three different women, all from different walks of life, and three different spiritual levels. Um, you got Sandy, who's a baby Christian, and she makes mistakes with men left and right. Uh, she's like one foot in the world, calling the ex-boyfriend, and one foot wanting to serve God, and a lot of women can relate to her. And then you have uh, on the totally opposite end is Liz, and she's the one who's been in the church a long time, called to be an evangelist, and she feels she needs no man but Jesus. So she gives men a hard time, and she's very judgmental, and she and Sandy kind of buck heads. So a lot of people can relate to, you know, the judgmental saint. See the woman walk in the church with a short skirt, like, what's she doing with coming in here with that on, you know? Mm. Well, really, the church should be for everybody, amen? Right. And then you have uh, Michelle, who's the main character, and she's like the glue of the three friends. She's a mature believer, and she ends up dating the most eligible bachelor in the church, Pierre Dupree. And so by the end of the book, you see whether or not they hook up. But um, uh, Michelle is actually the main voice of of the book, but each chapter b- bounces to their three lives, and then they come together as friends. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that, that's that one, and that's, and that's the first one. So then the sequel, He Saved, But Is He For Real?, which just came out a few months ago, that continues on their love journey. And it gets a little deeper in their relationships, just like the title is a deeper level in one's relationship with God. It uh, it gets deeper with the three ladies. Kim, I want to ask you a question. You know what? Sure. In the church, you have a lot of this going on. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of men and, and, and women dating men for different reasons or whatever. And, and I like the, the titles of your book because, you know, when these relationships happen in church, a lot of times they go sour. Right, yeah. You know, when, when and then, go, unfortunately, you have to see him every week. It's not like, you know, in the street he's just exchanging numbers and he's through. If you don't like him, you just don't see him again. Right, right. <laughs> you know, when, when, it, when it goes sour, right. one of them is going to harden their hearts and one of them will have a different take on church or, or mm, on, that's true. on that walk. You, you know what that's I'm saying? Agree. Well, unfortunately, to be honest, I hear that come mainly from men who have dated women in the church and were uh, disappointed. Um, a lot of times the men that I talked to, that made them kind of a little bitter towards the church, period. Yes. But I don't right. hear that a lot from women. So I don't know why that is. You got Maurice, anybody else? You got something yeah, to Maurice, say to why? I mean, what is Yeah, let's let Maurice Because I really don't know why that is. <laughs> but I have talked to men you know, I've done interviews where the, the male DJ would say, you know, that he was hurt by a woman in the church, and I could just tell from talking to him that that created a hardness in his heart. Let, we'll let Maurice touch on that one. 
only thing I can think of is that would be that, of course, we men are wired differently from women. That's true. Men, when we get ourselves involved with something, they get a man, get him saved, get him involved in church, we get in it. We really identify strongly with it. Yeah. So anything wrong that happens in church might throw us off. Yeah. Mm. So even if it's a dating relationship in the church that went back, you know, church had nothing to do with it. That was a, between you, the consistent so-and-so, it didn't work out. Since he's so heavily invested in the church, Part of the church has let this man down, so he's starting not feeling the same way about church as he used to. Now, the trick is, is, where is, is it, can he handle that? Is, it, is he going to bounce back from that, or is he going to let this poison him against the church when it really was a relationship? Wow. Have you guys noticed, I don't know if it's just me, because I'm, I'm just very observant when it comes to like church and church dynamics and relationships, things like that. Have you guys noticed that if a relationship doesn't work out, two people in the church, that one person leaves. That's right. That's what I was saying. Yes, it happens all. I mean, that's just, you know, they may go to a different church. It's not that they leave the church totally, but sometimes they just leave that church. And yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, yeah. Because to me, I feel like you want to be, you want to go where you're led spiritually to get your spirit fed. And mm-hmm. I guess for me, it's more like, okay, this is where God sent me, and just because something didn't work out on the social side, it doesn't mean that this isn't where I'm supposed to get my spiritual food. But do yeah. you believe that that speaks to a lack of spiritual and um, mature, maturity? Mm-hmm. That's true, Linda. That is so true. That is so true. And a lot of, we, a lot of people get hurt, you know, mm-hmm. and wear it on their sleeve and, and take it with them and, and say maybe this is, I can hear a lot of um, younger Christians saying maybe this is God's way of saying, you know, I'm not supposed to be here when really we shouldn't allow, you know, circumstances or things like that or offense. And they say that's one of the biggest reasons people leave the church is offenses, whether it's not like pastor or just something happening, and that causes people to leave. So that that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, um, just to chime in what Maurice was talking about with men and women being wired differently, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was going to use a more practical approach to this. I was going to say that women have a higher threshold for pain. <laughs> yeah, Interesting. I'll agree with I'm that. I'm going to have to write that one down. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with that. <laughs> so, see, things that are painful for men, they're not going to be around pain. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> wow. You know, I you mean, got a point. I, I liken it to when get my notebook too. I know. <laughs> And I guess that's why we're the child bears. No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, might not be too many children. It was the other way around. <laughs> you know, if if I would, yeah, I agree. I would dare to say that if men had to had to carry and then birth children, <laughs> it wouldn't be a whole lot. <laughs> we wouldn't be having no problem with gas prices. <laughs> okay, how many? Oh, we got one. And I'm going through. This is it. This is it. Y'all better clone them and you better find somebody else. You be giving the money to uh, (laughs) clone. You think we're living in China? Okay, one child. That's it. No more. more. Oh wow! Yeah, that's what they China. That's something else, huh? Mm -hmm. They have more than one child. Wow. You got to think about it. China. That's how Atlanta. Four billion people. Yeah. You know. That's interesting, though, but, I mean, I can understand it, though, like you said, um, 
and then a lot of times maybe seeing that other person is a reminder of a failed relationship. And I was just talking to my girlfriend the other earlier today about I think a, a lot of men don't want to be reminded of uh, failure. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Oh, we were actually on a whole other. We were talking about missing fathers mm. and why you know some fathers aren't involved. And I was just saying, it seems like you know maybe a reminder of a failed relationship or a failed marriage. You know, I want I want to speak from from the standpoint of a black male. Mm-hmm. You know, because of course I'm black male. Okay. <laughs> you know, but All right. Greg and I, we talk to we talk to a lot of people. You know, especially children. We do abstinence programs with kids. Okay. And I've been recently working with uh, here a local boys choir, and a lot of these kids are, you know, they're from troubled homes. They've gone through mm-hmm. a lot of things, and you know, we've also dealt with football players because we coach football for a number of years. You know, and just talking with these kids. They're so used to being called failures or being saying you mm. you did something wrong. You're never gonna make it. Look at your mm. father. Look at your mama. You know. Look at your family. All your wow. uncles are drug dealers. That's mm. all you're ever gonna be. I can remember when I was young. I was told the same thing. Mm. You're never gonna mm. go to college. Nobody wow. in your family went to college, and the ones who had a chance to go didn't last a year. And all of that was true. Mm. You know, and mm. so I had one choice to make. I couldn't listen to them. I had to go and prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. but not many people are, not, especially kids. Not many kids see that as a way of getting out. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you know, you do have those situations where, where men, because of their past, because mm-hmm. what they had to endure as youth, they don't want to be. They don't want to be, you know, face-to-face with failure over and over and over. Wow. So when they have that relationship that doesn't work, you know, they get, they and they see that person, they don't want to see that person. Mm. <laughs> you know, because that, that represents failure to them. Wow. Mm. Oh, it's like this. Brothers don't like to be shot down. <laughs> oh, I'll I, I sign up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. Well, you know what, I, I think that, that, too, a lot of men, we don't like... Confusion. We don't like confrontation. We hate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the brothers, they, they know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. When it comes to the point where we have to deal with it, okay, we'll deal with it. And, and I really believe that a lot of times when 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 women come to men and say we need to talk about this, we need to talk about that, he a, a lot of times he feels that everything is okay. Mm. And you know, and, and a lot of times we're misunderstood as if we don't care. Is it that our faith is a little bit stronger than what you thought it thought it was by the problem? By a lot of times we say, okay, well, it's going to get better. No, it's not. We need to do this. We need to do that. And, and I find myself saying that now, okay, it's, it's going to be okay. But that's not good enough sometimes for her. She wants to talk about this or she wants to talk about that. And the brothers on the phone know we don't really like talking about stuff, but we will <laughs> Without, even when our back is up against the wall, we'll talk about it. But if we don't have to deal with it, if we don't have to deal with it, we don't want to deal with it. Right. So I, I think, too, I mean, I hear what you're saying in terms of there are people who are speaking into your life. They're saying, you know, you weren't this, your daddy wasn't this, da-da-da-da-da. But I, as a mother of sons, my husband really had to help me out in certain areas. 
I would like go to football practice. They're screaming at the kids. I mean, just screaming at them. And I'm thinking, why are you yelling at these children? <laughs> when you see movies or you've talked to people who have gone through boot camp, it's about all about you're not this, you're not that. Our society has been set up to demand that our men virtually have no sensitivity. Mm. Yes. Mm. But then we turn them loose to look for a wife. Mm. Or we as women, mm. we've been conditioned, well, that's just the way that they are. But God is not telling us that that is who he has made us to be. Right. So the necessity of planting that seed of God, that love of God, and knowing who you are in God is so important. It's time for us to really take hold of that and begin to change that type. Now, I know that there are men who will go like, no, I'm not going to go for that. I can't be seen as soft. I can't be. But just think of so much baggage that would never have been packed mm-hmm. if we would take hold of that. If someone would say, my son is not going to go through that. My son is not going to be afraid to be a man by God's definition. Mm. Mm. Who is willing, how many are willing to stand in the face of ridicule and say, not my son? You know what, Dr. B, uh, to, to, to add to that, I think we spend so much time telling kids what they can't do well, we should focus on telling them what they can do. Mm-hmm. We, we, Brian and I, we, we started using this when, when we coached. Yeah, there are a lot of coaches hollering, screaming the kids, but we didn't do that. We didn't allow that at all. When a child does something that they're not supposed to do, they know they're not supposed to do it. You don't need to beat them over the head with it. Tell them, right. okay, the next time, do this. Don't do it that way the next time. Continue doing it like this, you can do this, you can do that, you can do don't I think we focus too much on the issue of what they just did. And they don't need to be beat across the head. They know what they did was wrong. They know it. Right. And they'll put on this hard shell but they're just as soft and they're crying out for help. But no, we beat them across the head all the time. And it happens all the time and you see it when a young man hair is braided. Immediately, people start thinking right off of the bat, saying these terrible things, and he he looks, you know, he fits that mold of this mm-hmm. or, or that. And I wanted to ask Wanda Campbell in her book, First Sunday in October, what we're talking about. Really, it just falls right into your book, uh, does mm-hmm. it not, Wanda? Uh, not exactly. <laughs> okay, the reason the reason I say that is because your it, it's your book. It's kind of a like um, counseling kind of, isn't it? Uh, well, there is a message in there right. um, that um, can can help you in proper relationships. But let me say, you guys are really helping me. I'm a mother of two teenage sons, and I've been the victim of going out there yelling, so thank you very much. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> 
that, but but Wanda, kill their I, reputations. Yeah. But Wanda, <laughs> I would say in your book, the story that you are bringing out in, in this book, that you have this relationship between this pastor mm-hmm. and this real estate agent and this pastor who has made a decision as to the type of man he's going to be and how he's going to work through that relationship, regardless to what the world is saying. Mm-hmm. And that was the one of the main focus of First Sunday in October is that I wanted to show that, number one, that Christians are not perfect. We are real people with real issues. We just mm-hmm. handle our problems differently. And Pastor Pennington, the lead character, he really loves God, but he has a very checkered past. And he, like most people, he uses the church to cover up and run from his past. And so God sends him this woman who really helps him see that he hasn't forgiven himself for his past. And a lot of times we can forgive everyone else but ourselves, and we allow the enemy to weigh us down with guilt when God has forgiven us a long time ago. And so that is the major message of First Sunday is forgiving oneself. And the other message was how to properly date. You know, Christians do not date like the world and we can date. There is a way to date without sleeping together. Mm-hmm. And, and dating, mm-hmm. Christian dating, is for the purpose of marriage, not a, mm-hmm. a recreational activity. And mm-hmm. these two, they sit down. And in the beginning, not after, you know, they're caught up, but in the beginning and they talk and they direct where this relationship is going and they set boundaries of how they're going to interact. So that was important to show that, number one, forgiving yourself is very important and that marriage is for the mature, and we as Christians need to be whole. Um, Too many times we have incomplete people coming together looking for that other person to make us whole when only God can do that. That's true. I knew it connected some kind of way. (laughs) 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 Especially with Kim Brooks. Mm -hmm. He's fine, but is he for real? Oh, uh, he's saved, but is he for real? You mean the sequel? No, the the last one. He's fine, but is he for real? That is part. he saved? Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. That's okay. I know what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, man. You, you know. Hold on, Greg. We're reading basically what we were sent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Let them know that I he's fine, but is he saved? At three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's okay. Ooh, that's now it comes out. Sending it for me. That's a blessing. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, you, you know what I'm getting at, Kim. So many times, uh, women will, and Maurice and Brian can tell you. Uh, I'm sure they'll back me on this, but so many times, women are out of order when they're looking for their spouse or they're looking for their mate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we as women shouldn't be looking anyway, right? (laughs) We're supposed to be waiting to be found and trust God and and working on ourselves and getting whole and kind of like what you were saying, and I think a lot of it does start when we're young, kind of like you were saying, you know, encouraging the young men. That goes the same with men or women. It really, a lot of times, a lot of the issues in marriages and relationships stem from how you were raised in your own self-image and self-worth. And so once you allow your relationship with God to develop, that you know who you are in Christ and what value you have with your talents and gifts and purpose is, 
then you know what you can add to a relationship. But I think so many people go into it trying to take from a relationship, whether it's happiness, whether it's changes, whatever they want, they're looking to take, when really a relationship should be about giving. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it. Kim, Mm. I'm going to say this. I know I'm, I'm... let me brace myself because <laughs> I'm going to say this. Brian, I'm going to okay. say it. I'm going to need some help. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, I always got you back. All right. Oh, Lord, you're going to put the net out there. That's right. <laughs> Don't get us both killed. It's going to be a goof. But, Kim, now I'm going to ask this question. Do you think most women don't know their worth? Do I think most women don't know their worth? Yes. I yes. do. <laughs> <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> and the reason I say that we see, you see, women settling, right? Yeah. Of time. Exactly. They're, they're they're battling this thing called time, and this clock is ticking because the world and society is saying you need a husband by such and such age. Right. You need this. Your girlfriend over here is getting married now. Right. You've lost focus on what's most important. You you right. you. Settled and negotiated with your worth, now right. you're stuck in a mess. Right, and also you you believe the lie and the statistics that you know the good men are already taken, and the rest of them either in jail, gay, or you know off the market, or and so you feel like you know that your selection is few and far between. So you take whoever presents themselves, and you look at it like, hmm. And then a lot of mistakes women make as I'm sure the other ladies or the cause can attest to, is that we feel like, you know, a lot of women feel like they want, they can change a man. You know, Don't get me started. I'm praying this yeah. is the one that God has sent me, and I'm praying so God is going to change it. And once we get married, then those lust issues he has is going to stop. But once we get married, then he'll stop looking on the Internet at those pictures. Or once we get married, but then they get married and find out that those issues are there. And, and a lot of times if they're not dealt with, then it could be worse because mm-hmm. the enemy is against families. And once you get married, the enemy attacks you ten times more, I believe, than when you're single because he's trying to break that marriage now. So he's going to take that temptation and just really just dangle it and just, and so, um, yeah, I think that's a big issue, too, is definitely not knowing our worth and not trusting God and just believing God and his timing for our lives and his season and believing that God has our best interests at heart and that he's not withholding, you know, a man from us, but that he's withholding it for us so we can become better women, better uh, mates. Because I think a lot of a lot of it, too, women, we – we should become that Proverbs 31, that virtuous woman now and for that man of God, and then for ourselves, for God, just for society, number one. But then once we become that wife, then we can just step into our season once we're married. And I think a lot of people just want to get married to validate, you know, to show off the ring and all those different reasons, which are not important, you know. And and I think we just kind of lost it somewhere in there. We glorify the, the the wedding, but then when you're done with the wedding day, then you're gonna have the marriage. <laughs> girl, no. Girl, no. Girl, no. was the one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wasn't. Lucretia, I want to I want to hear what Lucretia has to say about all of this. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly, and I I assure you, all of this is blessing me so much, um, especially being newly single. 
and I was put in a position that uh, for the first time in my adult life, I mean, I was first married at the age of 16. And wow. so for the first time, I mean, at 31 years of age, I'm faced with I'm single. And, you know, I told my my friends and my family, I said, I feel almost like an untrained soldier dumped in Iraq. Wow. You know, where did you go? What do you do? <laughs> you know. And it was just like, what is this place? Wow. <laughs> and I thank God wow. it's, it's blessing me so much because a lot of the traps that the enemy has, Set. I mean, I can, I can look at the whole spectrum. I can look at, you know, the attack on families. I can look at now the attack on the single heart. You know, especially when you're going from a position of always having somebody to it's just you now. So God, right. do I yet trust you to yeah. give me what I have, or do I find myself falling into the trap of trying to fill a void that I, you know, think that was there? And so I, I thank God for this. And, you know, it's just like with Girl Now, it goes back to forgiving yourself. You know, yes. a, a lot of times we're so quick to forgive others, and we're we're quick to overlook. I mean, we're quicker to overlook someone else's flaws. But we are our own worst critics. You know, mm-hmm. how often, especially women in particular, you know, someone will look at you and say you're beautiful, but you'll go in the mirror and you'll find everything wrong. You know, and so it is that singleness, being able to become whole, as Kim said, and to see what your worth is in God. I mean, I agree 100%. Most women do not realize their worth because Mm -hmm. if most women realize their worth, then they wouldn't hold on to an abusive relationship feeling like, oh, he's going to change. Or, oh, well, he cheated once, but he's not going to do that again. Mm -hmm. And like I told a friend of mine, uh, I have children to raise. I don't have time to raise somebody's grown child. You know, so I'm not looking for a man that I have to change. You know, either you come correct or you don't come at all. You know, right. <laughs> so many times women are so willing to accept just anything just to say they got something when, baby, you ain't got nothing. <laughs> Brad, I think we have Brad lined up, lit up. I don't know how we're going to figure out who's who, but Brad, I think. This is Wanda. Can I ask something here? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just a little twist here. I think that a lot of men don't know their worth either, as well as women, because if they did, they wouldn't spread themselves so thin. That's true. That's true. You know what? I agree with that. (laughs) I, I was at this conference, and this lady talked about a cookie. She said, consider your body as being one big chocolate cookie. And then every time you give your piece of you give a piece of your cookie away, that person has that piece of cookie. Yeah. She said, now when the person that's supposed to come and purchase that cookie <laughs> they expecting a whole cookie for what they have to pay. Great analogy. Mm. I'm telling you, I've been using that ever since I heard it because I, I teach that to the kids because that's something that they can relate to. They can remember that. Oh, he said, don't that's give true. away your cookie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Share that with my daughter. That's <laughs> the thing that we need to look at, too. We talk about we will marry that person. Oh, well, we can fix them or this is mm. going to happen or what have you. Another thing that can be detrimental to relationships, one uh, that you're you're considering or even yet one that you're considering in terms of marriages is that marrying the wrong person but also 
marrying the right person but at the wrong time. Yes. Mm. You know, with mm. Kim's title, he's safe, you know, he's fine, but is he safe? We're sitting in that church house, we see that brother go down to that altar, and it's like, okay, this is good material. But he never, he hasn't had the opportunity to be discipled, to truly understand what his value is in God, let alone know his purpose and apprehend it. So you two, you may really be meant for each other, but you can marry each other prematurely and block the purpose of God, detour, or in sometimes even kill the purpose God has for both of your lives yeah. because you weren't ready. You jumped the gun. You got ahead of God. That's so true. Mm. That's that so, true. so true. Brian, let's try to get one caller in. Uh, the four. Can you, can you bring that person in? We have so many people on on here. Wonderful. Let's try to get in. All right. Let's go with the caller from the 718 area code. Caller, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. This I know Betty. that voice. I'm calling from New York City. We know that oh, right. Mr. That Barry? Barry. <laughs> no, not Barry Benny. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to say I'm just enjoying the show. I mean, this is a great you and Brian. You'd be doing your thing. So I'm sitting here in Long Island, and I'm telling you, this show right here is very, very good. Um, I have two quick questions. One for the R Not Lady, because one, I love that title. Girl, no. You know, the R Not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> one, I want to ask, what was the beginning point in her life where she thought it was time to put this in a format that would outlive her, something that wow. she can share with the world, and, you know, and going through that space. What made her make that point in decision? Because I find a lot of times people have things in their lives that they choose not to share because they think it's happened to them. They don't understand it happened for them because they were strong enough to have that experience. So I want to know, what was that starting point that made her say, okay, this is supposed to be shared with the world. This ain't about me. This is about the experience. And number two, um, I can't remember the young lady who was talking about it. I think she was talking about um, being whole and sex in the church. Um, how I often talk to a lot of people, and I hear a lot of people often tell me that they had more sex in the church than they did outside of the church. Oh. You know what I mean? Mm. That's like some people go to church. to church to find the people that had a sex with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> more than they did on the outside. Clothing. Right. right. So how do you turn that train of thought? A vulnerable group, you know? A lot of the women, they're believing God for their husbands, and then the man come in with all this deep voices and different things like that. Oh, no, she <laughs> didn't. <laughs> didn't go there. Next thing you know. She didn't go there. <laughs> 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 I was just here asking a question. I wasn't that man walking down there. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, Mr. Randall, you know you were going to get that, right? Oh, uh, man. It's, it's, it's let's, okay. let's let uh, Lucretia. I think the question was for uh, Lucretia. The think first it's question was for the Anna lady. Yeah, that, that's Lucretia. <laughs> well, um, I think what really made me go ahead and step out and write the book is the fact that I often <clears throat> would tell people, even in my ministry, uh, who are we to hold back our testimonies? 
And I said, the very thing that you're holding back because of shame is the very thing somebody may be thinking they're going to die in. You know, Mm -hmm. you may have someone that's facing a situation that they can't see their way out. They just feel all hope is gone. And you, God just brought you out of it. And you're going to keep hush mouth because you want to look like you're all this. And so as I would just individually minister to different ones and share my testimony with different ones, uh, writing girl now, not only did I, uh, I thank God he used me to bless others with it, but it also served as a deliverance for me also mm-hmm. and a healing to me also. Mm-hmm. hope that answered your question. <laughs> Preach, girl. <laughs> <laughs> And just and to add to the comment, if I could, just to add to Lucretia's comment, to me, when you're able, because I talk to so many aspiring writers and they come up and they're like, I just, you know, want to write a book, but then for some reason they're afraid to share it. To me, when you're able, when you're at a point where you're willing to share what happened in your life, whether you're uh, presenting it through a nonfiction or fiction, that shows that you've totally been healed and delivered from what happened to you, and now that you're you're in that position where you can give uh, what you receive, what you learn, and you're able to deposit that to somebody else, and that's another level of showing and proving that you've uh, forgiven because now you you can help deliver other people, and that's what the enemy doesn't want. He doesn't want you to not only you know forgive what happened, but then also go out and tell it. Because the word talks about we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, so sure. you're causing other people to overcome, and so that's that's just awesome. I just want to mention to Lucretia that that's a, truly a blessing. You're going to get doubly blessed. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I receive it. I receive it. We have about we have about two minutes left, and I want to make sure that everybody get their contact information out there. Uh, let's start off with Mr. Mr. Maurice Gray. How could someone contact you to get your book and for speaking engagements? Maurice? Maurice? Oh, I think he may be gone, but I okay. can tell you to go to his website. Uh, he has a MySpace page. It's www.myspace.com slash writethevisionmg. That's myspace.com slash writethevisionmg. W-R-I-T-E, The Vision, M-G. Okay. Dr. And Linda his books are also available on Amazon. Right. Dr. B, your information? Uh, my website is www.lindabead.com, and you can email me at lindaonassignment at yahoo.com. And Business Unusual is available wherever books are sold and online. Okay. Lucretia? Okay. My website is www.lucretiaangel.com. That's spelled L-A-C-R-I-C-I-A-A-N-G-E-L-L-E.com. I'm also on MySpace, myspace.com slash author Lucretia. My books are also available wherever books are sold, also available online and on my website. Thank you. Kim Brooks. Okay. My website for free excerpts is uh, kimontheweb.com. That's www.kimontheweb.com. And the books, He's Fine, But Is He Saved? And the sequel, He's Saved, But Is He For Real? is <laughs> in bookstores nationwide. Thank you. Wanda. My website is www.wandabcampbell.com, and I'll send my space. 
at one at myspace dot com slash Wanda B Campbell. Yes, did we forget anybody? I don't think we did. I just also wanted to mention if the um listeners would like to get in touch with us, we have a collective website which is myspace dot com slash Damascus Road Authors. Yes, thank you. Brian, you have any closing remarks? Yes, we got about 20 seconds left. I just want to thank all of our guests tonight and as well as our thank callers you. for joining us. And I just want to also say that please go out and support these authors. Yes. They're doing great yes. things. They're doing great work. And join us on Wednesday night as we'll have another awesome show. For that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you and good evening. Good thank evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that's...